Hey, welcome to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. I'm Dave McKeown. I'm Nathan Benger. And we're the hosts of this podcast. And today we're so privileged to have a brilliant guest with us, a guy called Simon Holst, the whole way from Sweden. So welcome, Simon. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to, to be on the show and, and uh, joining in from, from Sweden. So we're just going to let people know a little bit about you, Simon, today. Um, you're the lead pastor of a thriving Pentecostal church in Sweden. I chickened out mm-hmm. from saying the name. Sorry about that to all our listeners, but I'm sure <laughs> Simon will help us as we go. So you're married to Caroline and father of Eton and Ted. And uh, you started preaching at the age of 15. And uh, you've mm-hmm. been serving as the pastor since 2009 in the church. And the same church, but doing different roles along the way. You've written a book as well. You are an author and a great title, The World's Best Coach, looking at the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And you also run two podcasts. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah isn't that it? is. <laughs> Hey, we've only got one. We've only got one. We 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 feel like, <laughs> and there's two of us, and there's two of us. I reckon we should have yeah. four uh, by the end of this. So yeah. uh, so so the the second one just started, so it might be have a short life, maybe. Yeah. So we'll see how long it goes. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, see but, uh, we'll see how that operates. Yeah, so Simon, it is so good to have you here with us today. Uh, can you tell our listeners just the proper pronunciation in Swedish of your church name? That will help us. That is Hövde uh, Pingst. Yeah, that, we hope that it. helps anybody who speaks Swedish. Anyone else, it's probably lost on us. I guess, I guess in the sh- in, in the in the little comments at the bottom where we put the show notes, we will link their Instagram. We we will uh, so yeah, people can find you. Easy, yeah, we'll link easy. it and yeah. we'll put the church in there and all that sort of stuff. We, we we are actually in the process of of changing name of the church. So perhaps if you come back in a year or so, okay, it might be easier. So come we'll on. So do we have a sneak preview of the name, or is that not ready for the? listeners yet ah uh, no it's not not ready it's <laughs> it's behind closed doors behind, so far so it's, it's in yeah. the it's in the, the vault isn't it it's in the vault hey so we're gonna yeah. get ready with some questions yeah you've got our first question yeah well simon why don't you just let us know a little bit about your background and your leadership role mm-hmm. yeah well i i um I grew up in a Christian family and my mother uh, is a minister. She's been preaching and uh, traveling as an evangelist, Bible teacher for like all of my life. So when I was a kid, I used to to go with her on weekends and holidays and uh, sitting in on the front row and and learning a lot since I was just uh, like a toddler or perhaps a few years older. Uh, so that's been my background growing up uh, in in different churches, and and my parents really have affected me a lot. So um, um, and they have all uh, they have always like served God and and uh, like let the other things come along around that. So that's influenced me when I when I've decided also to go into ministry and and follow that journey. Um, and my leadership role now is uh, as a lead pastor in this church. It's it's actually Swedish Sweden's oldest Pentecostal church. Wow! So we have a great history and a lot of legacy, which is uh, sometimes a heavy backpack. But uh, it's also, I mean, something you you have to work with it and find find wins with it. But that's. Uh, uh, been part of our journey here to really uh, transform this church from a, a traditional 
middle-sized church uh, that has been slowly diminishing into reaching the next generation, finding a new voice for a new time. And I've been a big part of that journey the last like 15 years, serving as a volunteer leader also for a few years. But uh, uh, yeah, so we've be, just been been here in this same church. I met my wife here when I, I moved here at wow, the great. age 16. Wow. And just been around ever since. So yeah, that, that's a few parts. I mean, you can go any direction, but if you want to fill want to fill anything in, so yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we will pick up one thing that we didn't <coughs> include in the bio, and yeah. uh, maybe Nathan was trying to leave it out, and it is yeah. the fact that you are a Man United fan. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Probably divided the listening the listeners into two or three or fifteen groups or twenty or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. league teams there are now. So, yeah. but I am. I, I I've been ever since I was like eight nine years old. Uh, we had a Swedish player, Jesper Blom, uh, Jesper Blomqvist. Yeah, he was playing there in the nineties. Uh, so he he was a uh, he was my idol. So that's when I started to to uh, sharing on. Man United, back in the glory days. Yeah, so it Knights. wasn't it wasn't Freddie Youngberg at Arsenal then. Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah, th- no, that's that's like the big. Uh, I mean, for, from that time period, Arsenal was really the the, the arch enemy. So yeah, I have I have more hatred for Arsenal than Liverpool <laughs> actually. So that's oh. I mean, who knows? <laughs> well, for for our listeners today, I. Uh, uh, Right beside me, Nathan is an Arsenal fan. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that is correct. So uh, somehow you guys yeah, have we got have, to work. We had, yeah, we yeah. have Fredrik Jungberg at least. Yeah. Something we <laughs> yeah. Can. So you got to work out your differences on the podcast, maybe. Come maybe on. that's what we're here for today, is to work out the differences <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. Well, Simon, listen, tell us a little bit about um, your leadership. We've, we've heard a little bit about your roles um, what's helped you grow as a leader? Obviously, you've had the right environment. You've talked about what else has helped mm. you to grow as a leader. I think I think a big thing for me is uh, one of the podcasts or the, the longest running podcast I have is called uh, in English probably like uh, "Leaned Forward," mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just um, and that is really an expression of of my leadership attitude that I I, I want to lead. Uh, I want to live leaned forward into all these different leaders contexts churches so throughout my life ever since i was actually a teenager i've, I've always pursued like uh going going on trips uh, taking contact with people that i admire or have been following along and and put in a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort into just coming close to to other ministries under other leaders and uh, I traveled around the States for eight weeks. Uh, that's when I met one of your previous guests, uh, Sweb, Stephen yeah, Webb. Yeah, great guy. Um, so uh, just visiting different churches. And I, I went on different mission trips in different uh, parts of the world. And all of that is, has really like been a, a drive in me to, to get to um, learn more. And... Um, and I, I, I learned the saying at Elevation Church that I that it kind of frames this. That they say that uh, eat the fish and throw the bones. Yeah. Uh, so saying like you can you can learn from ev- everyone, e- even the ones you don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been uh, really my my leadership style. I, I want I want to learn, and, and I I want to I want to put myself in a position when I can learn from others Uh, and I love what it says in Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4 
it says that God wakes my ear every year uh, to hear as a disciple, sort right. of, that's my paraphrase. But to, to listen as a disciple, like not as a critic, not as a fan, not as a, I don't know what, I, what else, what, <laughs> how else we can listen, but mm. listen as a disciple, mm. like I can learn something. So that, that's, that's a big part of, of my leadership journey and, and growing and, and learning more. So those those influencers and and for you then um, having that hunger, I suppose it's one of the things that's driven you to seek out that help, hasn't it? To go to different places, as you've said, you've invested, you've spent money, mm. and there's something about mm -hmm. when we, as, as some people use this phrase, to have skin in the game, really, mm. that makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure, and, and really to come close to the people, uh, and when you come close to people that you admire, maybe from 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 afar. You really see also like everyone is just uh, a person, a normal guy, a normal girl, uh, and and they have their flaws. They have their, uh, I mean, and they're pretty much the same as us. But in some way, they have taken their ordinary lives and made it into something special. So that's also a, a big uh, lesson. That, that uh, I mean, we're all <laughs> we're all humans, but but God can do incredible things through through us, uh, pretty ordinary uh, guys. So. I, I love that. Um, I, I love that phrase. Eat, eat the fish and throw away the bones. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, just thinking that's something um, that we can all begin to apply. And um, I love the, I love the thought that you put yourself in proximity to these leaders. Um, what, one of the things I, I, I'd love uh, to ask you is, uh, what is like one thing you wish you would have avoided as a leader, and why would you wish you avoided that one thing? Uh, I'm a pretty driven leader and uh, early on I kind of uh, it's been a big journey for me to to become a more inclusive more inclusive in my leadership because I have uh, it's easy for me to come up with an idea to make a plan and early on I kind of just laid it on the table okay guys listen this is what we're going to do and you're going to do that and you're going to do that and maybe it was a great idea but no one felt ownership so I, I stepped on a few few toes there early on and, and my wife uh, told me uh, early on like uh, everyone thinks it's a good idea but, but you're not letting anyone in on the, on the decision on the plans so that's been um, that's been a journey for me, and I, if I could have avoided being like that straightforward at the beginning, I maybe, uh, yeah, that, that was uh, something I've, I've worked on. Yeah. How, is there anything um, practical or anything you've done? Um, just thinking of anyone, like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty similar in that regard in terms of like uh, I'm quite driven, you know, internal processor. Mm -hmm. So I've got all the answers sorted. So I just need to tell you what to do. <laughs> Is there anything that um, you know, like you've done practically or even in your thinking that has helped you to go? No, I can't do that. I've got to include others. Yeah, a big, big thing is really to learn. I mean, you have all these different personality tests that can really mm. help you. Mm. So that's been a big part of that journey. But also just to, to uh, I mean, oftentimes I have a plan, <laughs> but I just, uh, maybe I just point out, okay, this is the topic. And wh wh what do you guys think? Wh what do you think? And just let them go around the table and, and maybe a couple of ideas pop up and a um, few days, they just say, it sounds cool. And then I can like 
oftentimes like lead it towards um, where I was heading. But the people really just by being asked, what do you think? Uh, do you, uh, what's your thoughts on that? And really uh, including them, uh, even though it's oftentimes like the same product or the same result. And another thing, one, one guy told me that, that there, there are many ways to, to uh, come to the same goal. I mean, there are many roads and, yeah, and oftentimes, yeah. you know, I see this is the road. It's, it's going to go like this. We're going to take a right and then a left and then we're there. But I mean, you could really take a left at the beginning and then go straight and then go right and, and arrive at the same goal. So that's been one thing, not be so fixed at, at how, uh, I mean, the goals as a leader, you are supposed to to give vision and, and uh, I mean, have faith and and put up goals, but there are really so many ways to 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 uh, come to that goal. And as I also, I want to point that out, I don't only include others to make them feel included, but but it all of the time it becomes a better decision, it becomes a better plan, it becomes a better product um, when you when you invite others into the process. That's great. Yeah, great, great answer there. And, and maybe it just leads on to this next question around um, what do you do to overcome weaknesses in your life or do you embrace them? I mean, that's a good question to think through. What do you do to overcome weaknesses or do you just say, well, it's part of who I am, I'm just going to embrace them? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that can be a, a big excuse, right? To, to say like, hey, it's, it's the way I am, take it or leave it. But in, in some regards, it is like this. I mean, especially in Sweden, we have this, um, uh, I don't know if, if, there's a, if there's an equal in English, but it's called Jantelagen. It's like the, the law of uh, like, you don't think you are anything special and, and don't, don't stick out. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're not better than they are and all that stuff. That's really a big part of, of Swedish mentality, not to like, like the direct opposite of Americans, sort of. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. See Americans here and you have Swedes here on the other side. So, uh, and that can really affect us as a leader. So, um, I think in some ways you got to say like, this is who I am and I'm not going to just try to, to be more like, uh, what, what would you say like more uh, flat like mm. but really um, yeah so I, I guess there's a mix there but also one thing to to overcome our weaknesses is really also to uh, embrace other people other leaders and and, and not be um, intimidated by them or, or like feel like if they are doing a great job like now I have we are five people on on my pastors team here and and I mean when I hear like one of these other Sundays like people are saying oh that was a wonderful sermon by one of my fellow pastors sure, sure. Uh, and not be intimidated by, by that but just see like I, I am I am a better leader because I have great leaders around me so one way to overcome my weaknesses is really has really been to uh, see the value of of the team uh, and that will will make up for my weaknesses as I can pursue my strengths but also like understand how uh, my weaknesses look like and uh, yeah 
I don't know, bit of a fluffy answer, but anyhow. Well, I think I think one of the things that's coming through, uh, Simon, as you share, is around this idea of in, including team or volume team, mm. which I think mm. obviously for you that must be quite high on your agenda, not just, as you say, to use them, but actually to include them purposefully because they make you a better person. So there's something, yeah. I think there's something powerful in yeah. that we can we can all learn from really, isn't there, as leaders? So I, I, I want us to think a little bit of... Um, if I can use this phrase, what's your kryptonite and what's your superpower? If you were to think of that phrase, what's your kryptonite, the thing that... Let me let me jump in. I thought we were talking to Superman at this point. We are. We are. Super, super, super <laughs> Superman. Superman Simon. Simon. <laughs> hey, what's, what's your kryptonite? Yeah, yeah. What's the thing that weakens you? And what's the thing that you would say is your superpower? Uh, <clears throat> what what weakens me is to feel uh, like I can't um, I can't make a change. Like uh, I'm I'm boxed in. Like uh, okay, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna do it this way, and there's no other options. That is my <laughs> that that just drains me of energy, or or perhaps to be be in a room where where nothing happens and there's absolutely no movement. There's just like everyone is, is uh, comfortable with status quo or even even worse. <laughs> That's my, uh, that just, uh, yeah, that would make me uh, itch in every part of my, every cell of my body. Uh, and my, my superpower, uh, I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about it, about it already, but I think I have... Um, um, I'm I'm very driven as as a leader, and uh, I can I can make a way and find a way, and uh, invent a way, sort mm. of. So I I'd say that's um, to 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 like see see the next step and and move towards that that goal. So that's probably something good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good super point no, to have that, isn't it? Really good, yeah. And you, and you talked about invention there, and in 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 the start, um, you mentioned in the background you took a tr traditional church and reinvented it for a new generation. So I wonder if you'd just dive into maybe some of the steps that you have taken, one to reinvent yourself, but also to reinvent the church for this generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, the reinventing of myself is really what I, I've spoken about and just meeting all these different pastors, people that I look up to and, and try to implement things that I learn, things that I say, things that I see and sometimes learn what not to do <laughs> by by seeing others. Uh, so in reinventing the church has been, I mean, that's been, you should have, we should probably have a full series on, on that, but it's really been a 15-year journey uh, and especially these last 10 years have been quite intense and um, I think it it all starts out of frustration uh, I remember so many years when we me and my uh, uh, wife and and like some friends would just go home from church being frustrated at how things were and and trying to uh, change that frustration into vision i mean that's that's probably a common leadership thing that yeah, yeah, yeah. real vision comes out of frustration or out of uh, like something is not right and um and then really just rubbing like one one step at a time that's really the big big thing because i mean you you have this as a leader if you see something bigger you see another future and you see this major gap between where you're at and where you want to be 
and and that gap can be spelled frustration and and the way to to overcome that that gap isn't really to take like one giant leap there there's no such way or i haven't seen it at least it's just like the way to overcome that gap is really like taking one meter every like weekend or sunday or whatever is the like the benchmark for for us as church leaders uh like one meter this week, one meter next week, one meter this week, and, and really, uh, and just seeing, okay, there's so much things left to do, but are we are we moving? Are we in a progress? And and there's been some uh, a few times along the way where you said that like if this doesn't come through, that's it. Like we're we're handing in uh, our our towel or whatever you say it's the Swedish saying I don't know if it yeah, yeah, translates yeah. to English yeah, yeah. No, but that yeah. works. Throw it in your towel. throwing Throw in the towel, towel. Yeah. that's what we say but uh, but then it came through and uh, okay there's a lot to do but hey where were we six months ago we've seen a lot of progress since then so uh, I mean that's really like the, the grinding of it and and someone said that to change um, uh, to change the culture in uh, an idea-driven organization like like what we're into church uh, we, we we are not a business we can't just tell everyone this is what it's going to be if you don't like it you'll get fired yeah, yeah, they're yeah. there just because they want to be there uh, and to, to change the culture of, of an idea-driven organization takes like seven eight years or something whatever they say and that's really i can i can really agree on that so anyone looking for a quick fix uh, you you better look for something else but it's it's really to to change transform a church it, it, i i'd say you'd, you'd aim for 10 years and maybe five years along the way you feel like yes we have really gotten somewhere and the next five years you will yeah for hopefully come through i love i love that thought of um taking frustration and then turning it into vision mm-hmm. um because I think for many people, they'll just live in the frustration. Um, yeah. But I, I love that, you know, even for somebody today who's listening, that might just be what they need to hear yeah. of, like, you're frustrated, turn that into some vision. Here's what we want yeah. to see. Um, I, think, I, I think that's genius. And just to, to add to that, <clears throat> as, as uh, maybe a few listeners are th- those frustrated people, also celebrate along the journey. L- like I said, because all the time, like I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded with leaders who always see like, oh, but this, is, we got to do this, we got to do this. But hey, we got to celebrate where we're at. So, hey, look at where we are now. We are not where we want to be, but we, we, are, we have come a long way since the last three months, the last three years. And just celebrate everything you can celebrate along the way, because that would really drive that vision to keep on uh, like uh, coming over that gap of frustration. So celebrate a lot along the way as well. Great. And, and, and that's quite powerful in itself, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? that, that idea of celebration, because I, I think so often as leaders, when we are driven, we're so ready to get to the next thing. You know, we, we, we want to push mm-hmm. forward, let's mm-hmm. get to there. And actually there's something powerful about just taking time, yeah. um, taking mm-hmm. space and celebrating what God's doing in our lives here and now, rather yeah. than what's yet to come mm. in the future. Yeah. So, and, and don't just only look at the numbers because it's always easy to, to look at the numbers and, and think like, okay, the, if the numbers are wrong, we are doing we are doing bad. If yeah, the numbers yeah, yeah. are right, we are doing right. But that's, I mean, 
that's not always the case. So I heard this pastor, Earl McClellan, say that he doesn't want numbers like from every weekend. He, he asks for numbers once a month because he's this control <laughs> control guy like most many of us are. Uh, but he says, give me stories every weekend. I yeah, want I like stories that. every yeah, weekend. I love that. Uh, because, I mean, we can have 50 people in the room and we have like three uh, salvations. So we yeah, have yeah, like yeah. four people coming into connect groups and that's a great Sunday. Or we have 100 people in the room and no one is doing any engagement uh, into, the, into the church. I mean, we can't. Uh, and that's something I, I've tried to implement, and especially during this pandemic. Like, I want to hear every single story that you hear. Just a positive comment in the chat or, or a, an email or a conversation in the, in the foyer or whatever. I want all the stories and let's share them, share them, share them, because that really gives a lot of, a lot of um, fuel for the, whole, for the whole church. Yeah, brilliant. I, I wonder if we can just explore a little bit further around this reinvention or the transformation of the church that's taking place, because it may be that some leaders are listening, they're, they're frustrated, as you've said, Nathan, mm where they're at in their church setting. Maybe they're thinking, well, my church is quite traditional or, or there's lots of um, older generations in there. We, we could just gloss over this. And I know in one sense, as you say, um, Simon, it could be a whole other podcast or a whole series of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just wondering sure. if there's something we can give our listeners today uh, around some of, the, some of the wins for you then as a, as, a, as a leader in your setting. What's been some of the wins over that 15 years, you've, you've thought, you know, that's the thing that's really helped us to take those next steps. Mm. I mean, you, the, 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 the real change in our church, we, we were a few people who were, who were working for change uh, several years. And then the real change came when, when, when we had a new lead pastor. The old lead pastor that I used to serve under, he was a great guy. He was a generous man. But he, he was never the one who was going to lead us towards where we wanted to get. So real change has to be led f right up front, uh, like from the lead pastor. And also whatever leadership team you have, if you have a board, if you have elders, if you have pastors team was running the show or whatever that like uh, that leadership team, like uh, keep that uh, uh, keep that uh, top level leadership team uh, united like as long as they are on board as long as they are staying together we can really go through any diversity because there is going to be there's going to be a lot of battles there's going to be a lot of of conflicts along the way people like losing what they what they um, were used to so that's really been a big big thing to keep the the leadership intact so we've been very um, conscious especially when you come from a traditional church background and uh, you have these uh, yeah like we had we had we used to have a board of elders um, so we were really conscious about uh, making all the decisions uh, there uh, and then we pushed it uh, like okay we are we are on board on this and then we would uh, go and make it happen uh, but we we made sure that every like major major new step were were um, uh, based in that leadership team and and that, that that we kept the unity in that team so that's really as long as that team is unified you can really uh, go through anything and then also we started uh, pretty much with our services because that's like that's what we first took control over so to speak and started to work with uh, and although we had a lot of like 
maybe conflicts uh, under the surface, we always kept like Sunday uh, holy, a uh, Sunday intact and Sunday full of faith. And that's really like the, 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 the biggest way, I think, for a church to drive culture is through our, our Sunday gatherings, whatever they're called. So those were two, two big steps for us. And, and then we took like all the structure things and all organization things, they came uh, at the end. So the last thing was that we we had new uh, what do you call them your your like founding documents what do you bylaws uh, yeah that that was like the last thing uh, uh, for our big change and I, and now we are trying to live in in continual change and now as I said earlier on we are on the brink of uh, changing name of the church uh, as we uh, hope that our journey won't be contained to this specific building in this specific place, but it will be able to bless others. And then it's kind of, um, we are a bit restrained right now by our name that is uh, like connected so closely to one place. So now we try to live in that continual growth. And, 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 and we had this great pastor, Norwegian pastor, he wrote a book that has helped us a lot. Uh, uh, and he said that, that you, you, you rather want to have 10% of, uh, of uh, voluntarily, voluntar voluntary change every year than 100% uh, involuntarily uh, transformation every 10th year. Mm. Did I come through? My, yeah, yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> translate. So, so, uh, but a lot of churches hasn't lived in that ten percent change every year. So they need a hundred percent transformation, and that is tough, and that that hurts, and that that uh, uh, takes a lot of labor. But uh, once you have done that, let's make sure to live in that ten percent of voluntary change every year, so we don't end up. With the next generation coming and crashing in <laughs> the door uh, when they think we are too old and too too yeah boring or whatever yeah no that, that's really good and um, really helpful um, to many people and uh, many people listening uh, I think some of those things are things that people can take away and just begin to make some changes. I wonder uh, if we could just ask the question around, uh, obviously, the church scene in Europe and um, what, what, what does that look like? What does it look like in Sweden for you guys? Uh, obviously, uh, uh, off the back and even during this uh, season that we've been in, what, what does that look like? Is it uh, moving forward Is it, or is it just like kind of surviving? Uh, in survival mode I can't really speak for for Europe I don't have that kind of insight uh, but as of Sweden I mean it's it's really I feel like the the division the, the is is bigger and bigger you have you have we have a lot of, we have well, we have a few at least uh, good examples of, of thriving churches even through the pandemic um, uh, that are popping up here and there but also there are so many churches that are just like, um, yeah, sticking around or, or starting to diminishing. We just had a new church report. And I mean, like, uh, I don't know, 75% of all the churches are, are either just standing still or diminishing or like in free fall. Uh, and, and we have like maybe 20% that are actually growing and we have like 5% that are really growing. Uh, or whatever, uh, just uh, quickly like that. So, uh, but it's really, um, and, and I think, I think hopefully uh, 
this can lead to a lot of churches, smaller churches, like uh, connecting their their car to a bigger train, so to speak. Uh, like uh, I think that is what a lot of churches need to do coming out of this pandemic. And I hopefully this has, I mean, the pandemic has really just uh, quickened things up, like processes that would have taken five years took one year and one year took one month or whatever. So hopefully that sense of... Uh, of urgency uh, is something that we will see more churches like coming to realization of of how things are and realizing we need to do something now we can't wait five years or ten years so uh, it's really it's really big mix but I'm hopeful and and uh, I think we need we need large like centers like uh, Antioch churches that are sending and um, really becoming hubs or centers for that region because we need thriving churches all around. You can't just be in London and Stockholm or whatever. We need them all around. I mean, there's so many people. Our, our city has like 55,000 people. And in the, in the 45 minute range, we have maybe a quarter million. Uh, so I mean and we are the only church in this area that are doing what we are doing not like that's the only thing to do but uh, you, you get what I mean so we really need I, I, I believe we, we <laughs> really need those regional centers all around and I'm, I'm starting to see that happening in Sweden and I think that your church is, is probably an example for that in your area uh, trying to, to become a hub and to to get those synergy effects uh, and not not trying to struggle on our on our own too much yeah great great answer to that and i think just picking up on that this idea of um churches don't need to struggle on their own i think that's the big thing and if yeah. churches are listening and uh, leaders are listening and they are struggling like sometimes you've just got to get over yourself and yeah. actually go and chat to another church yeah. who's a bit further down the road than you are mm. and, and maybe even connect with them. As you said, Simon, you know, a sense of having a hub in a city <coughs> it can be much stronger for the church, you know, rather than mm. individual smaller churches just struggling along. I mm. think there's something powerful in that as well. Yeah, isn't definitely. There? Yeah. Mm. Mm. So listen, we've got a couple more questions before we wrap up today. It's been great to have you on the show. And uh, one of the questions I have for you, and you've touched on it a little bit, but I suppose I want to be a bit nosy, if I can use that phrase <laughs> in English. And um, I want to be a bit more specific to find out who has been your sort of inspiration, who's inspired you as a leader and why. Now, we're not looking for you to be general. We want you to be specific. Name names this afternoon. That will help us. And uh, you yeah. might lose some friends as well. Sorry about that. But like, come on, let's find out who's been your inspiration and why. You mentioned your mother. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah, my mother and my father, actually, because my mother is the preacher and my father is like the, the inventor. He's like this crazy guy who's had like 15 different jobs or whatever. So he's really helped me to, to get that sense of, hey, you can do whatever you 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 set out to do, sort of. And um, just uh, being a bit personal, I mean, I mean, Webb is actually like Stephen Webb in Elevation. He's been a great great friend of me, and uh, and really this. Uh, He's, he's an annoying guy. I mean, you, 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 <laughs> he's like scratching and he's like pointing out things and, and, and he, he, he forces you to grow. So that he's been a great friend. Uh, and uh, I'm a good friend also with um, the, the lead pastor of Hillsong Sweden, Andreas Nilsson. Um, he's, uh, yeah, 
he like prophesied over me when I was like that back then when I was like 15, 16 years wow. old and been following along that journey. So those, um, him and also the team around him has been a great source of help for me. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, of course, there's so many preachers that you've listened to and all that stuff, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd probably, those are a few people that just come to my mind as we speak. Great. No, it's great. We love to finish with the, this one final question, which is this. What is the one question that no one is asking you that you wish they would? And what would be your answer to that question? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, I think it's kind of hard. But one thing I was thinking about is just like, what's the most important thing in ministry? Like, what's, what's the most important thing? And I, I mean, we can talk about all these leadership models and we can talk about all these methods and, and you can, the five ways to grow your uh, following on social media or whatever. But uh, uh, to me, and that's something that Andreas Nielsen has, has so often pointed out, like the most important thing is that, that you know your calling, like God's calling on your life. Because that's what—that's the only thing you can fall back on when when the critics start rising and uh, maybe you question yourself. But really, it's if you know I'm called by God, and to be be firm on that. And that's all. That's really if you if you set out to plant a church, you set out to to transform a church, whatever. You you need to know that you're called to do that. And as long as you know that, uh, hey, they can throw whatever rotten tomatoes at you <laughs> that they want but but that's really something and also God's anointing I mean uh, I, I'm this guy I, I want to learn everything that I can learn and I want to be a good leader and all that stuff but really if if God doesn't add his anointing his power we're really just like good communicators or good leadership managers or whatever um, so God's calling and God's anointing I'd say it's the things that st sticks out if you want to last in ministry. Uh, coming from a 33-year-old guy, but <laughs> anyhow. Hey, 30, 33 is a good age. Yep. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, it's been great to have Simon on the podcast today. Simon, uh, if people want to uh, kind of follow you, find you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, I guess uh, for the English listeners, it might be easiest to find me on Instagram. And that's like at Simon underscore underline Holst, H-O-L-S-T. So that's probably the easiest way. I have a, a website and all these podcasts, but that's in Swedish. So I don't know if that will make any sense. But yeah, that's a good way to start. Great. So uh, people get connected with Simon yeah, on Instagram. Great. And uh, it's been so good to chat uh, around leadership and uh, church reinvention and all of that. And it's been so good to be together on the Church Explained podcast. Uh, let me just mention the show notes will be available for you. And uh, you can also find more resources at icon.church forward slash open. Um, but that's been it for the Church Explained podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you're consuming this content. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the Church Explained podcast podcast.